This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. This is The Jerry Callahan Show. Well, there it is. There's the answer. We asked the question many times over the last few weeks. What will Donald Trump do next week when the Republicans take the stage for their first debate? A, a debate hosted by Fox News, which Donald Trump hates, which is not really rational, by the way. He hates them because they 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 interviewed Ron DeSantis and they post uh, they show polls that he doesn't like. So he doesn't like Fox news anymore and he doesn't want to do their debate. And he's up by whatever it is, 30, 35, 40 points. So, and even though people are calling him out, Christie's calling him a coward and DeSantis is challenging him to show up. Um, this suggestion I just saw on CNN, they said, will Donald Trump uh, show up to, at the debate or will he sit down with fired Fox host Tucker Carlson as a way to counter program the debate. And I said, that is it right there. That has to be it right now. Donald Trump has to be working on that. He wants to stiff the debate and, and, and stand them up, but he has to do something to counter program. And he's done it before where he held a rally, but God knows we've seen the rally thing over and over and over again. He has to come up with something new, something different. And I have to say, this is it. This will be brilliant for a couple of reasons. Uh, one Tucker and, uh, and and Trump both hate Fox, and it's a way to stiff Fox. So if you sit there and talk to Tucker's people and say, we want to do this interview, but it has to be posted right as the debate starts. We have to drop it right as the debate starts and uh, take some of the energy away from the debate. I mean, let's be honest, the debate without Trump is going to be kind of silly. All they're going to do is talk about Trump. All the questions, all the answers, all the attacks will be at Trump, who's the leader by far. And some of the guys, uh, Christie, Pence, they're going to be obligated to, to train all their fire on Trump. But if they drop an interview, if Tucker and his whole Twitter thing, if it drops right at the start of the debate, that will be huge. And I can't imagine Trump not wanting to do that. So there you go. There's your answer. What will happen next week when the uh, uh, nine or 10 Republicans take the stage and uh, Trump does not, they should leave an empty chair there the way uh, Clint Eastwood did that at the convention, Republican convention years ago. He sat a chair there and pretended it was uh, Obama, an empty chair, which was pretty good. And it was pretty entertaining. It was kind of off the cuff. They should have an empty chair there and they should all attack the chair or you know what, what else they could put like a mannequin there with orange hair and orange skin, big, big, big mannequin and just go at him. They got to do something different. I mean, if he's not there and they're all fighting amongst themselves, it's going to look ridiculous. It's not going to feel like they, that anybody made any progress if, if Trump's not there, but that's what Trump wants. He's going to take, He's going to steal all the energy and all the oxygen if he sits down with uh, Tucker. But we'll see. Tucker did an interview 
this week with Robert Kennedy Jr. It was an hour and like 15 minutes. I watched the whole thing. It was excellent. It was riveting. Robert Kennedy Jr. is a really smart guy. He has no notes. He has no handler. He just talked. Tucker asked like two questions and it was all RFK Jr. talking about everything, talking about uh, COVID, talking about uh, um, Ukraine, the history of Ukraine and our involvement, how we deposed a, uh, a, a democratic elected elected leader and installed our own leader and challenged Putin. And he, he does this whole explanation of the lead up to the war. And it's really enlightening. And the thought, as you watch this, that Joe Biden could do this for, I don't know, a minute without a script, without a teleprompter is laughable. He doesn't need, he has no teleprompter, no notes. He's got an encyclopedic mind. Plus, he thinks the CIA killed his father and his uncle, which is pretty interesting stuff. But it was largely ignored because it's RFK Jr. and it's Tucker. So uh, nobody wanted to play any clips or talk about it. It was really good stuff. Tucker opened the interview by saying, we're going to do the first interview ever with RFK Jr. where we don't mention vaccines. And he never mentioned vaccines. It was great. That's that's how to do it. And I think if if Trump sits down with Tucker next week, they will come up with something different. As we say all the time, Trump interviews are really tedious at this point. I mean, hosts and podcast hosts and cable news hosts, they always say, oh, we got an exclusive with Donald Trump. And it's not that big a deal anymore because he says the same things over and over and over again. And he talks about the 2020 election and election denial rigging and all that stealing, which is, which is fine. It's, you know, there's, uh, there's something to that, but at some point you feel like saying, can we move on? It's hard to do when you're being charged with 91 felonies related to, you know, 2020, but you would really like at some point Trump to just say, you know, they stole that fair and square. Now let's talk about 2024 and how it's going to be different as a, as a person, as a one issue voter, which is what I am. My one issue is defeating Joe Biden. That's it. That's all that matters as a one issue voter. I want to know why is 2024 going to be different than 2020? Why if they, they stole it from you, right, Donald, why won't they steal it from you again? Tell me that. Why? How can you stop them from stealing it again? They have the same operation. They have the same strategy. They have the same people, you know, ballot harvesting, you know, in the same battleground states. So how are you going to stop them? How are you going to win in 2024 if you didn't win in 2020? Answer that question without talking about polls. That's what I'd like. Don't talk about polls. It's, it's an, a year and a half away. I don't want to hear about polls. I want to hear about what you're going to do different. How are you going to get out there and how you're, you're going to take advantage of uh, mail-in balloting and early voting and ballot harvesting and all the tricks the Democrats played two years ago, three years ago to win. Do that, please. All right, let's get to it. We got much, much more to get to. Uh, we'll see. If that breaks, I have a feeling it's going to happen. I really do. I think Trump and Tucker are going to sit down and counter program 
because they're both kind of mischievous. You know, they're both mm. kind of, they, they both hate Fox News. They both want their revenge against Fox News. So it works out for everybody. But we'll see. Uh, we'll see what happens. I feel like I if, they were, if they were smart, though, at the debate, they would talk about Trump as little as possible. Because if they talk about him the whole time, even if he's not there, he still wins. That's true. That's true. They could say it's hard. But you know what? The questions are going to be about Trump. Guys like Christie, he's just there to attack Trump. He's not. He has no. Uh, illusions of uh, winning or being the nominee. He knows that it won't happen. He just is there to attack Trump. Same with Pence. Pence has to explain why he didn't uh, you know, would go along with Trump's plan on, on, uh, you know, on in 2020. I can't even believe Pence is up there. Nobody's ever going to vote for Mike Pence, but whatever you're there to reclaim your reputation, to set the record straight. So they have to talk about it. And the whole, I assume uh, it's uh, Martha McCallum and Brett Baer, I believe. They're going to have to uh, ask questions about Trump. I mean, what else are they going to do? Ask Doug Burgum, Burglum, whatever his name is, ask him about whatever the, you know, the economy. That doesn't sound very compelling. If you want to have a real lively, entertaining debate, I, I think you have to spend a lot of time with DeSantis and Vivek, those are the two guys, the two, well, obviously they're second and third in the polls. I want to hear more from them. This feels like to me, like it's DeSantis's last stand. You know, everybody's mm. dismissing him already saying he's done. All the Trump trolls and influencers are just dumping nonstop on DeSantis. Trump has spent more than $20 million attacking DeSantis. DeSantis has to fight back and show that he's still got some life here. So, That'll be, I'd, you know, if they just had three or four people, it'd be much better. I mean, they're gonna, this guy, Perry Johnson, is going to be on stage, I believe, who's, I don't know what he is. He's a former businessman with a big plan to save the economy. He's a, he's a, a business guy, I guess. He wears, he, he looks, he looks slick. Uh, he will try to get as much airtime as possible. And the goal of the uh, moderators will be to shut him up and focus on DeSantis and uh and Vivek, I think, but uh, we will see. Uh, I want to give, start off here, I want to give uh, Keith Oldman credit. I hate him. Hmm. He's insane. Although he is pretty entertaining, I have to say. If they put him on CNN or MSNBC tonight, if they gave him a show and just said, talk for an hour, rant, just seethe, I would watch. I would watch. I mean, obviously, he's a crazy leftist who can't keep a job but he's still doing a podcast from like his, uh, his, his balcony ov- overlooking uh, Central Park. Um, but he, he, he had one great idea that worked like on a nightly basis. He named the worst person in the world. And it was always interesting. I was the worst person in the world a couple of times. So I'm proud to say, but generally he'd pick someone out. He'd go on some crazy rant and call them the worst person in the world. And it's a good idea because there's some really bad people out there. And I'm not talking about, uh, I'm not talking about Bill Cosby here. I'm not talking about that that girl in Ohio. Maybe we'll get to her. A 20-year-old a, a, a girl or 19-year-old who killed her boyfriend by driving 100 miles per hour into a wall. <laughs> he was in the passenger seat. She wanted to kill him. And that's the plan she came up with. She was knocked unconscious. She was hurt. She didn't die. Then she went on trial and was convicted of murder for driving into a wall. We might get to that. She's a really, really bad person. We all agree. It could be the theme for the entire show today with the topics we have. 
<laughs> really, really, really rotten people. But there's there's a there's a kind of person that is just beneath contempt. And obviously, Joe Biden falls into that category. It's people who take advantage of a tragic situation, who don't let a crisis or a tragedy go to waste. They use it for political purposes. Obviously, no one does it more than Biden, beginning with uh, the start of his Senate career when his wife and daughter died and his sons were in the hospital. He got sworn in in their hospital room. He he lied about the guy that who drove the truck who was involved in the accident with his wife, said he was a drunk driver. Her fam, their, their family demanded he retract that. I believe they sued him at one point because he wasn't. He lied about that. He lies about uh, about his son, Bo Biden, obviously, at every chance he gets. He uses other people's grief for political reasons. And that's despicable. But But I find this even worse. These people who see a natural disaster or a wildfire, like in Maui, and they use it for political purposes, that's coming Monday with uh, Joe Biden's going to go to the island, go to Maui, and he's going to shake some hands and console some people. And I'll say within 10 minutes of the, the time he touches down, he will mention Bo Biden, his son. He will say he died because of burn pits in, uh, in Iraq. He say his casket came home from Iraq and uh, a flag, say he came home from Iraq in a flag draped coffin which is a lie, a lie he tells over and over again. Like most of the lies he tells, it's been debunked many, many times, but he'll tell it anyway. And the other thing he will do is talk about climate change. This is beyond despicable, in my opinion. Before we get to this scumbag, John Podesta, this absolute piece of human filth, who is a climate advisor to the president and who spoke in the White House yesterday, and what he said is just vile, beyond words. I want to look at, I want to update what's happening in Maui right now. They are looking for hundreds of survivors. The, the search includes National Guardsmen, includes uh, cadaver dogs. The death toll is now at 111, which is horrific, obviously. But they're saying there are up to a thousand people still missing. A thousand. This could end up being the worst wildfire in U.S. history in terms of uh, the death toll, topping what is now the deadliest fire ever in 1918. The Cloquet and Moose Lake fires in Minnesota and Wisconsin claimed 453 lives. Now, if John Podesta were around then, or Brock or uh, or uh, Joe Biden or any you know any mainstream media person or, or Maisie Hirono, they would blame that on climate change, of course, which is absurd. But it's no less absurd to blame this on climate change. And I feel like saying, "Man, can't you wait until they find the bodies?" Here's the other, just just scary thought here. Many of these people. Here's from uh, CBS News this morning. Uh, along with the bodies already recovered, again, the estimates, uh, the death toll is at 111. Um, the governor, this guy Green, um, who's another climate change left-wing nut, who's talking about climate change, the governor, talking about climate change now, before they recover all the bodies. Um, 
They, he, uh, let me get, uh, let me get this. Uh, yeah, Jonathan Green, the the governor. Oh, just a total crackpot. Green estimated that about thirteen hundred people remain unaccounted for. Now, there's a report in the Independent UK Independent. They found sixty people alive in one house, and that's wonderful. That's great. That brings that estimate to oh, I don't know, twelve hundred and forty people still unaccounted for. So we're talking the, the, about a death toll that is likely to go over a thousand. And you know what the worst part is? Or I should say, the worst, you know what makes it even worse? Many of them are children. The, the school closed, sent kids home. Many of the parents were at work or not home. So the kids were home. And then the blaze tore through town and killed them. They're going to find out there, were, there are hundreds and hundreds of dead kids and it's going to be the worst wildfire ever and if you really want to know why it's it's simple read up i did that this morning there was a drought uh there were 60 to 80 mile per hour winds it may have been sparked by a down uh power line there was no sirens we'll get to that they did not uh sound the sirens and there was not enough water and we will get to that too you're not going to believe the guy we're going to play it. The guy who's in charge of uh, uh, okaying or the, 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 the water, sending more water to the firefighters, he didn't. And you're not going to believe why. But, and that guy is, again, one of the worst people in the world. We will introduce you to that piece of crap. But I want to start with this guy. God, I can't look at him. My, I, I just, you know, I'm going to blow a blood vessel in my brain looking at this absolute piece of shit john podesta he's speaking at the white house again they got dogs they got guys taking dna from little burnt clumps of of ash trying to figure out who it is we got dead kids hundreds and hundreds of dead kids trapped in their homes with nowhere to go no sirens no water no help dying burned alive is there any worse way to go we got people jumping in the ocean, standing in the ocean for hours, watching from the, the from from the water as their homes burned, as their loved ones died, as their families, their neighbors died, as the whole world went up in flames. What does this scumbag do? A couple of days later, he shows up at the White House and talks about climate change. Hold on, before we get to him, and and I'm, I got to be honest, I don't think I'm going to be able to handle it. Keep it together. I can't tell you the, the, the rage I feel when I hear this. First of all, it has nothing to do with climate change. Everybody knows it. Climate change is just a way to push their agenda, as Biden essentially admitted yesterday when he talked about the Inflation Reduction Act and says they shouldn't have actually called it that. He admitted it. It doesn't really reduce inflation. It, is not, it makes inflation worse. It's a $370 billion boondoggle for all the Green New Deal nonsense. And the way they push that, the way they achieve their goals is to lie about tragedies, about catastrophes, about natural disasters, to lie and tell you if you don't give them your money, if you don't uh, give them more power, people will die. Children will burn alive. Just question, is there anything, anything a politician, a hack, a bureaucrat could do or say more contemptible than that? I'm not sure everyone quite understands. This guy doesn't believe the wildfires were caused by climate change or carbon emissions. He doesn't believe it for a second. 
but he knows this is the way to advance his agenda. And my God, they celebrated yesterday at the White House. And it was another, another fine performance by our bumbling, stumbling cadaver in chief. We'll get to that too. But they celebrate this boondoggle, this, this spending, this absolute waste of taxpayer money. One year anniversary yesterday, and they talked about how we have to do this. We have to spend, spend, spend to stop wildfires from burning little children alive. How is that not just the scummiest, slimiest thing a person could do? And they do it without compunction, without hesitation, without reluctance. Here I am telling you. If you just give us more money, kids will stop. You know, there'll be no more flooding. There'll be no more droughts. There'll be no more wildfires in Maui that burn little children alive. It's just so sick. It's just so wrong. Anyway, let's get to the worst person in the world. This piece of absolute garbage, John Podesta, yesterday at the White House. By the way, he's just some made-up senior advisor on climate which is just nonsense to begin with. He gets to take the stage before the cameras in front of the world and talk about climate as it pertains to, you know, dead kids in Maui. Tell me you've ever heard anything more disgusting than what this, that this scumbag had to say yesterday. Go ahead. Uh, as Kareen noted, we're marking the one-year anniversary of a truly transformative piece of legislation, the Inflation Reduction Act, which is the largest investment in clean energy and climate action ever in the United States in the history of the world. But first, I want to acknowledge that today's event is coming during a time of heartbreak as the toll of extreme weather fueled by climate change is being felt across the country and the world. This summer has brought one climate disaster after another from extreme heat in Arizona and Texas and across the southeast to floods in Vermont and upstate New York to thick smoke from Canadian wildfires. And all of us have watched in horror as the Maui fires have claimed over 100 lives, uh, the largest loss of life of a fire in the last 100 years in America. As FEMA Administrator Criswell just explained, the administration is doing everything we can to support Hawaii's rescue and recovery efforts. To stop these disasters from getting even worse, we have to cut the carbon pollution that's driving the climate crisis. Hold on, stop it right there. How much longer we got to this? I I can't do it. I can't do it. Two minutes. To stop (laughs) these disasters, we have to take, we need more money. Uh, There's a a great piece. I I mentioned this guy all the time, Steve Malloy. He's great. He's uh, at Junk Science on Twitter. He debunks everything these fools say. And he's smart. He's, he's, he knows his science. Great piece today on realclearpolicy.com about what nonsense this is. We, if to stop wildfires, we need more money to fight climate and stop climate emissions. When are people going to call these scumbags out? It's one thing to do it on just an average day. But while he's speaking, they, are, they got dogs and search crews and National Guardsmen Picking through ashes, trying to figure out if that's an actual little kid's body. Is this an actual corpse? Is this a dead kid? Oh, no. Okay, this is just a pile of ashes. Oh, God. Here's a dead. Oh, I got an arm. I got a leg. I, I think this is a kid. I think we got another dead kid over here. And we're talking a death toll that may go over a thousand. And this soulless scumbag stands up there and says, to prevent this from happening, we need to cut carbon emissions. It's utter nonsense in this piece by Steve Malloy. He mentions 
that there are 300 coal fire power plants now under construction in China. So China doesn't care what this little weasel has to say. He doesn't care what Joe Biden has to say. They're building coal pot. They're running. They're, they're doing what they have to do to uh, advance their uh, their economy to help people live you know, good, comfortable lives, modern with modern technology. They don't care about this garbage, which is just so insulting. So if you you know drive a SUV or you uh, you know use a plastic straw, without use a gas stove. It's your fault. A thousand dead, perhaps. And if it's just you with all these carbon emissions, it's not John Kerry or John Podesta in a private jet or a, or a convoy of SUVs or, or uh, you know, yachts or whatever. It's you using your gas stove. It's you, that pizza oven. And it's him, the guy with the pizza oven. It's his fault. God, and, and he says it without any, just any, I don't know, remorse or reluctance, just says it. Yeah. If you want to still want to see more dead kids in Hawaii, we got to cut carbon emissions. When China and Russia and Africa and Asia, none of these places don't buy into this nonsense. There's nothing we can do. Uh, no, actually, there are things to do, but we could cut our carbon emissions to zero. We could have done that 20 years ago. There still would have been a wildfire in Maui. There would have been floods in Vermont. There would have been wildfires in Canada. There would have been hot weather in Arizona. I can't, it's, it's just so maddening listening to him and thinking people are buying this. Mostly dumb people, mostly children, you know, gullible children. They say, oh, wait, just stop oil or we're all going to die. Who still buys that? God, these people are just beneath contempt. Let's listen to some more of the from the worst person in the world. Go ahead. And that's what the Inflation Reduction Act is all about. It makes the largest investment in clean energy and climate action in the world, touching every sector, power, transportation, buildings, industry, agriculture, and forestry. It's reducing energy costs for hardworking Americans by offering 7,500. <laughs> Liar. Like, oh, right. Did he mention they gave $700? The people who lost their homes, their loved ones, their pets, everything. Oh, did he mention they got $700? Once again, I should say this every day. Joe Biden, the Biden, all the war hawks in Congress have sent $2,600 to every man, woman, and child in Ukraine. $2,600. They gave $700 to the people, the American citizens in Hawaii who've lost everything. I, uh, anyway, this is about three minutes long. You can watch it. It's just sickening. It's absolutely sickening that this scumbag felt like this was the time and place to celebrate our investment in clean energy and add, if we just don't, if we just invest more, no more, no more wildfires, no more floods. I almost wish we did get to zero, whatever, zero emissions, which we can't do, but we did because you know, what's going to happen then. We're going to have fires. We're going to have fires. We're going to have floods. We're going to have hot weather, cold weather, storms, rain, all that. And they know it. He knows it. He's a, he's evil, but he's not stupid. He knows this is all nonsense. This is just a big power grab. You thought he was bad. All right. I'm, I'm trying to, you know, um, get informed, educated on this wildfire. And I've been reading about it for all morning here and last night. And it is, it is wild. It is, um, there was a drought. There was major brush dried, uh, and they knew this was a possibility. They knew it, obviously. When you have a drought, you have lots of uh, dried out brush, and 
growth that's all dried out, you know it's a possibility. You've had wildfires before. Uh, winds, high winds obviously make it worse. Um, they knew it. Uh, they did not prepare for it. They did not warn anybody. There was no siren. And by the way, the guy, the FEMA guy, whatever, said they didn't sound the sirens because sirens are for hurricanes. And they're, they have hurricanes in Hawaii. So they didn't want people to think it was a hurricane. Oh, shoot. That would have been awful. Imagine if they thought it was a hurricane and they got out, you got in the car and drove or, or ran. So there was no siren. There was no text message to the residents saying, get out. Fires are burning. That, that's bad. That's really bad. No, so they have the biggest siren system in America and they didn't use it because they said it was reserved for hurricanes. That's bad. They didn't have enough water. You know, I, I thought I couldn't keep it together for, uh, for Podesta, that scumbag. Um, we might have someone, well, I shouldn't say worse. He's not worse. He's just stupid. He's just brainwashed. His name is Kaleo Manuel, Deputy Director of Water Resource, water resource Management in Maui. His job is to manage the water, the reservoirs, which sounds, you know, someone's got to do it. Sounds like a decent job. Um, he, let me get the story. I want to get the story. I want to get it straight. Um, he, uh, we get the, um, it was his job to okay, to um, fast track to the, um, the water, more water, more water, send more water to fight these, these fires. I'll just read you quickly what happened, and then we can get to Kaleo. It said, uh, this is from uh, a Honolulu website called Civil Beat. With wildfires raging on West Maui on August 8th, a state water official delayed the release of water that landowners wanted to help protect their property. The water standoff played out much of the day, and the water didn't come till it was too late. The dispute involved the Department of Land and Natural Resources, Water Resource Management Division, and West Maui Land Company, which manages agriculture and residential subdivisions in West Maui. The DLNR delayed releasing water requested by West Maui Land Company to help prevent the spread of water, uh, spread of the fires, a source said. Specifically, According to accounts of people with knowledge of the situation, M. Kaleo Manuel, a Native Hawaiian, a Native Hawaiian cultural practitioner and DLNR's Deputy Director of Water Resource Management, balked at West Maui Land Company's request for additional water to help prevent the fire. According to sources, Manuel wanted the West Maui Land Company to get permission from a taro or a kalo a farm located downstream from the company's property. What? I don't know what that means, but we'll get to him and you'll, it'll make more sense. Eventually manual released the water, but not until after the fire had spread. It's not clear how much damage they could have prevented with the water, but you have wildfires burning out of control, people dying, homes up in flames. And this guy did not release the water. You want to know why? Because according to whatever that cultural thing that he believes in, water's sacred. He doesn't think we should waste water. He thinks we should revere water. Okay, I want you to listen to this guy. And keep in mind, you're going to hear from Podesta and Maisie Hirono, the dumbest member of the Senate, and uh, Jonathan uh, Green, the governor, and, 
and uh, Joe Biden and Jill Biden and Kamala Harris, everyone else, you're going to hear about climate change. You're not going to hear much about Kaleo Manual. Uh, you're not going to hear much about how they didn't manage the forest. You're not going to hear much about how they didn't warn the residents. They didn't send a text. They didn't sound a siren. Oh, no. Climate change. We need more money to lower our emissions. That's all bullshit. This is what happened. They allowed this thing, these forests, these trees, woods, whatever, to grow out of control, to dry out. They allowed it to burn. Uh, we're not sure what started. Maybe down power, uh, down power lines. Maybe arson. Maybe we'll never find out. But then they didn't warn the residents. They didn't tell them to get out. And they didn't have enough water to fight the fire. Let's listen to this guy, another worst person in the world, explain his relationship with water. Go ahead. Kaleo Manuel, take it away. The commission is responsible per, per our authorizing statute to protect and manage all water resources in the state. One water is like taking it and looking at it from a holistic system perspective. And that's not dif- any different than how Hawaiians traditionally manage water. You know, in, in essence, we treated it, a native Hawaiians treated water as one of the earthly manifestations of a god in a kua, kane. And so that reverence um, for a resource and that reciprocity in relationship was was something that was really, really important to our worldview and, and well-being. Right. And living in an island in isolated from other you know, civilizations. Um, and so I think where it shifted to today or over time is that we've become used to looking at water as like something which we use. And not necessarily something w- that we revere as that thing that gives us life, right? I mean, to me, it's a shift in value set. Um, and, you know, if we can start to really look at how we as humans in an island um, can reconnect to that traditional value set. So really, my motto is always like, let water connect us and not divide us. Like, we, we can share it, but it requires true conversations about equity, Oh my God. Oh, there's the guy who didn't allow them to use more water to stop the fires because he doesn't want to use water. He wants to revere water and it all comes down to equity. There's, and you're not going to hear much about Kaleo Manual next week. No, no, you're going to hear about climate change and carbon emissions and uh, whatever, gas stoves and SUVs and plastic straws. All bullshit. That's, this is why the fire spread. They didn't have enough water. They didn't sound the alarm. They didn't sound the sirens. They didn't text everybody. They didn't get kids out of their homes before they burned alive. They're going to be scraping children off the And this guy, look at him smiling. If you're not watching along, he looks as obnoxious as he sounds, smiling. But we have to revere water, not use it, you know, to put out a fire. Wouldn't want to use it to put out a fire. We want to revere it. We want to respect our relationship with water. I don't know if that's, I assume that's not an elected official. I assume he's appointed or hired, but this is what, is this what Hawaiians want? This is the kind of person they want making their decisions for them. I mean, this is, this is a state that elected Maisie Hirono. Uh, So I don't know, but uh, I'd like to hear more from this guy. I'd like to see more, read more about him because that's why kids died. That's why kids died because of, the poor management from start to finish, the, 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 the lack of a lot had nothing to do with climate change, despite what scumbags like John Podesta 
and Joe Biden have to say. All right, we're going to get to Biden's another appearance from Biden yesterday. God, is it embarrassing? Just watching, listening to him every day. I just ask this every day. How could he possibly do five and a half more years on this job? He can't do a year and a half. He can't do six more months. The guy's falling apart in front of our eyes. He got creepy. He got stupid. He told lies and he challenged everybody. Tell him one thing that he hasn't accomplished. It's just so bizarre. We'll play it. Angry Joe. We had Sleepy Joe and Angry Joe yesterday. We'll get to Snow White finally. The worst, the most, I don't know, the most unlikable, obnoxious actress in Hollywood is submarining the big Snow White movie she stars in before it even uh, before it even comes to theaters. It's going to be the biggest bomb in Disney history, and it's going to be glorious. We'll get to that and lots more, but first... During these crazy and uncertain times, we can't talk enough about having reliable tools for self-defense for your family and for yourself. We see the videos all the time, the smashing grabs, muggings, people getting beaten in the street. Well, you got to protect yourself. And that's where Florida-based EAA Corp comes in. They specialize in providing exceptionally high-quality firearms to the U.S. market at an incredible value since 1990. Choose from a wide selection of unique and traditional pistols, revolvers, and shotguns. Whether you're looking for a concealed carry, competition pistol, or home defense shotgun, EAA has it. Their MC-1911 series fits the bill, and they're available in compact carry or full-size configurations. Are you a first-time gun owner? Well, the all-in-one 9mm MC-9 and MC-28 striker fire pistols come fully equipped in a sleek, light, ergonomic package, ideal for everyday carry. Concealed carry has recently been approved in several new states during the last year with no permit required. EAA's lineup also includes shotguns for hunting, sporting, tactical, or personal defense that will exceed your expectations. There's a limited lifetime warranty on every firearm available from EAA. Visit EAACorp.com to learn more. That's EAACorp.com to shop for your personal firearm protection. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Yes. All right. Before we get to uh, Joe Biden's challenge, which was bizarre, uh, creepy Joe can't help himself. As we point out all the time, he can't help himself when he looks in the crowd and sees kids. He wants he wants to get close. He wants to get a sniff, a hug. He wants to nibble on them the way he did in Finland. <laughs> and he looked around this room. This was an event to celebrate the Inflation Reduction Act, an absolute disaster, a boondoggle. That Joe, that's going to cost Joe Manchin his career, which is good. Manchin, this one along strict party lines, of course, no Republican voted for this big waste of taxpayer money. It did nothing to reduce inflation, of course. It just shoveled more money to their friends in the Green New Deal industry. And, uh, you know, places like Proterra, the electric bus company, or Solyndra, the defunct uh, solar company, they, they, they get the money, you know, you, you give it up, you pay at the pumps, you pay at the grocery store. The inflation went up because of the inflation reduction act, but he doesn't care. It's all about green new deal. Anyway, before we get to angry Joe, let's listen 
briefly to Creepy Joe as he looks around the room and sees a bunch of kids. Go ahead. I want to say one thing to your children. I know some really great ice cream places around here. <laughs> and Daddy owes you. Okay? <laughs> so talk to me afterwards. <laughs> what, the, what makes it, what goes through that decaying yeah. brain of his? What, Daddy owes you? What yeah. does that even mean? Is he is he daddy or is he talking? What what is that? What does that come from? Daddy owes you. I think because we know he's turned on by kids. He's calling himself daddy and wants to take them daddy, all on individual daddy, dates. I, daddy owes you. I'm going to get you an ice cream. I mean, he's like a parody. That's a parody of a child molester. You know, I want some ice cream, little girl. I daddy. Daddy owes you. Yeah. Talk to me after. You know, when we can be alone. And what are people laughing at? I guess it's uncomfortable laughter, but that wasn't the highlight. That wasn't the highlight. But by the way, big celebration for the one year anniversary of uh, the Inflation Reduction Act, which didn't inflation, it didn't reduce inflation. Are we going to have a uh, big celebration for the Afghan withdrawal next week? The anniversary of uh, when he got 13 servicemen killed, when he left 85 billion in U.S. weaponry behind, when he got a, when he droned a family of 10. We're going to celebrate those anniversaries too, or no? Anyway, this is bizarre. He he offers a challenge to his critics here, and he does it in the most angry, defiant way, and it's just comical. Go ahead, play it. Name me a single objective we've ever set out to accomplish that we've failed on. Name me one in all of our history. Not one. Where do you begin with that? I mean, by any objective measure, two and a half years of Biden has been a disaster for the country. Look at the border. Look at crime in the inner city out of control. Look at prices. Uh, you know, wages are down. Prices are up. The economy sucks, despite what he says. People know it. They feel it. Uh, the, the what Ukraine, Afghanistan. Well, what successes? Other than just spending money, which he thinks is a success, what successes are we talking about? It's just so bizarre. Uh, so Tom Elliott from Gravian, who's, who's great at this, he, uh, he, one of many who just came up quickly with a list, just said, okay, since you asked, um, I guess the challenge is name me one objective that I haven't accomplished. Is that what we're, was that, was that the challenge? One objective I haven't accomplished. Anyway, there's, uh, I don't know why you begin with this one. Uh, let me get to, I can get it on my, uh, uh, uh these are things he promised schools would be opened in 2021. They weren't, he'll spend seven of every $10 in education funding on preschool only didn't do that. Masking will only last a hundred days. There'll never be max vaccine mandates. That's true. He said that uh, he will always defer to the science. Uh, sure. You will. Uh, what's uh, next. Uh, we'll end COVID. That's a good one. We'll cure cancer. I forgot about that one. He promised to cure cancer. Uh, will govern as a, uh, what? Oh, he won't be a socialist. He won't govern as a socialist. We'll adopt, <laughs> we'll adopt the White House cat. He didn't do, we'll end gun violence. We'll end forever wars. Um, we'll get us out of uh, Afghanistan peacefully. That's a good one. We'll cut the deficit. We'll cut the debt. Uh, we'll not politicize the DOJ. That's a good one. Oh, and the best one of all, we'll always tell you the truth. Oh, and another one. He said he will fire anyone who disrespects a coworker, which uh, he would have fired himself, but uh, we'll always tell the truth. 
what promise has he kept other than to spend billions, trillions? Well, the only uh, just what, looking at this list, the only thing I can see is that uh, COVID is ended, but that was because Vladimir Putin invaded Ukraine and everyone didn't give a shit about it after that. That's because the election was over. He got he got elected. He yeah. didn't need COVID anymore. He won. <laughs> but I can't think of an objective that he that he actually followed through on. It's just so bizarre. I guess again, I guess he promised he'd spend trillions, squander trillions, and 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 he'll just and. He did, you know, he, he took care of all his friends and all his uh, cronies and uh, he protected Hunter. That's another one. He protected Hunter and he'll never stop protecting Hunter. But uh, he actually, I mean, start with Afghanistan. We get out of Afghanistan peacefully. That didn't happen. It was disastrous by any measure. It was a disaster. The the exit, the uh, withdrawal from Afghanistan. Does he want to say the border is a success? Fighting crime? I mean, he brags about the economy every day, which is a lie, one lie after another. But how can you stand there? Name me one. How about we name you 50? Just bizarre. Does he believe that? Or is he, I don't know. You know I mean, he probably, so he to, probably does, but he doesn't know any better. And he's so used to lying. It's just so natural for him to just lie about everything. He, every day he lies about the, uh, about the economy. You know, economy is great. Bidenomics is working. As people look and they say, wait a second, prices are up 17%. My wages are down 3%. I just paid four and a, four something for gas and grocery store. My, my grocery store bills have doubled. And, and I'm looking at, I'm watching the crime out of control. Cities just overrun, you know, open air drug dens everywhere. How's, how's, it, how's it working? What do you mean? I mean what, where does that even come from? It's when I signed the bipartisan infrastructure. Yeah. Oh, I forgot about that. The blah, 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 blah. yeah, and yeah. I mean, it's it's you know. Yeah. We can't yeah, forget. The, we can't forget yeah. how much of the inflation he he or the uh, the national debt he dropped too. Over a billion two hundred a trillion two hundred billion dollars. That's he continues to repeat that, even though his friends in the media, the Washington Post, New York Times, have, have pointed out it's not true. You know, they do it gently, and oh, he did it better than his predecessor, or whatever, but. They call him out on it, and he repeats it over and over every damn day. Like, I don't know. Maybe he believes it. Maybe he's so far gone mentally that he actually believes it. But I'm hoping, man, it, it, he's actually running because I can't. he'll be forced to debate at least once, maybe twice, depending on if they can bring COVID back. They'll try. But, I mean, I, debate Trump, would he, he couldn't do it. He can't do it. Debating someone else, DeSantis or Vivek. I mean, that would just be a, the biggest joke in the world, but uh, I would enjoy it. I can't, I want to see him embarrassed, humiliated. He's just such an awful, awful human being and an awful, awful president. All right. Speaking of awful human beings, let's finally get to, uh, I got two. I'm going to give you the details on the girl who killed, I mean, the, the girl, uh, I don't even know her name. Uh, we'll get to her and we'll get to Snow White, Rachel Ziegler, the most unlike that's hard to do to become the most unlikable, obnoxious celebrity in Hollywood. She's only 22. I assume this is her big break getting to play Snow White and she's done everything in her power. Anything, everything she can to undermine the whole production and assure, I think that it's going to be the biggest disaster in Disney history. We'll let you hear from Rachel and you tell me, you rooting for her? Anybody? Anybody? But first. 
Excuse me. As you know, Shade Concrete has a huge selection of precast concrete steps ready to be installed at your home. This is your spring project, people. If you're building a new home or remodeling or replacing an old staircase, Shea has great uh, values on designs that will fit your home. A new staircase can dramatically upgrade the front entrance of your home, giving you much better curb appeal. Make your front steps the talk of the town and do it now. Do it this spring. No reason not to. You know that removing the stairs is a pain. They're heavy. They're awkward. And where do you take them when you get rid of them? Shea will take care of all that for you. They Leave it to them. When they're done, you'll have a great-looking new entrance that will add value to your home. It's more than an upgrade. It's an investment. With one phone call, Shea will deliver a turnkey installation experience. In a few hours, you'll get a brand-new front entrance. Learn more at SheaConcrete.com and... While you're there, you can look for a job. Shake Concrete is hiring. Right now, they have between 15 and 20 open positions. These are career opportunities for all different types of people and skill sets. All you got to do is pass a drug test. That's it. Go to shakeconcrete.com. All right, we got Rachel's. Well, you know what? I'm going to do this anyway, I don't, even if it only interests me. I don't know why, but uh, this just, I mean, you know who I find interesting? Just evil people. Just evil, evil people. What, what, uh, uh, I don't know if you can get this picture on, on the story I sent you, but she's leaving the hospital in a wheelchair, smiling, waving, hugging. There are people have signs. We're here for you, Julia. You know, heroically survived this accident that killed her boyfriend and his friend. Her name is Mackenzie Shrilla. She's 19 <laughs> this week. She was found guilty of four counts, four counts of murder. An erect that killed her boyfriend, Dominic Russo, and his friend, Davian Flanagan, 19. So he killed, she killed her boyfriend and her friend driving 100 miles an hour into a wall. He was in the passenger seat. He died. His friend died. She lived. She was unconscious. She was hurt. She was hospitalized. She got out of the hospital and then got arrested for murder. Man, if you want, why wouldn't you go for a hike? Maybe they're not hikers. Go for a hike and just push them off a cliff. Wouldn't that be, make a little bit more sense? You'd certainly, there's the wreck. A Toyota Camry, she jacked it up to 100 miles an hour and drove into a wall and killed her boyfriend. She's 19. Why don't you just break up with him? Why do you have to kill him? Anyway, this evil little monster, uh, she, she posted a tribute to her boyfriend on his uh, obituary on the website, the funeral home website, about how she always will love him after she was convicted and the judge just reamed her out, called her evil and everything else. She's sentenced to life in prison, and uh, she has to do at least 15 years. But aren't there other ways? I mean, did you have to kill his friend, too? <laughs> I have so many questions about this evil little girl. And, you know, I'm not, like, blaming the parents, but where do you, where does that come from? That kind of pure, just monstrous evil. Uh, she's... She and uh, the, the video of her leaving the hospital, she posted pictures of the two of them together, hugging, loving, and how, how you know devastated she was that he's dead. And then they arrest her. She had THC in her system, but they didn't charge her driving under the influence, which is fine. She's gone. Uh, she was found guilty of four counts of uh, a felonious assault and two counts of aggra aggravated vehicular homicide, as well as murder. <laughs> She's going away for life. Just bizarre. Well, I'll just say Rachel Ziegel is not as bad as Mackenzie Shrilla. You know? That's true. Not as bad. She's close. She's close. 
She's the star of the new Disney production, real life production of Snow White, right? And if you haven't heard, she's not white. <laughs> she's, what is she? Hispanic? I don't even know what she is, but she's not pasty white like Snow White. She, I think she's Hispanic. Uh, whatever. She's very attractive, very attractive young lady. She's 22 years old. She gets her big break. She's Snow White. This whole production, even before she spoke, was doomed to fail. The dwarfs aren't dwarfs. There's one dwarf. <laughs> the rest look like they'd be should be hanging out at the uh, you know the cafeteria, or whatever the lounge at uh, you know Berkeley or Brown. They're all very diverse. There's black and white and big and small and men and women. But the dwarfs aren't dwarfs, <laughs> which uh, kind of I don't know. The title is Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. And Snow White isn't Snow White, and the dwarfs aren't dwarfs. But, hey, we won't nitpick. Obviously, the cartoon version from 100 years ago tells the story of, you know, the, 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 the beautiful whatever woman uh, living with seven little guys, and we all know their names and what they did, and they went to work. And uh, she, what, what did she do, eat a poison apple or something? I forget. Anyway, she was going to die, but the prince kissed her while she was sleeping. When you heard that story as a kid, did you ever think that was, you know, sexual assault? Did you ever think that was like Bill Cosby kissing a woman who's not awake? Yeah, he puts <laughs> he not, put uh, he put Spanish fly in the Macintosh apple. Oh, is that what he did? Yeah. So, I mean, you could look at any old story like that, any old fairy tale, and find the flaws in it, you know, which people have done with Snow White for years. But when you're actually Snow White and in the movie, you're not supposed to denigrate the story and talk about how ridiculous it is. Let's play her from a couple of weeks ago when she talked about it, how they're changing the story, by the way. They don't want the guy to save the woman's life by kissing her because that would be, I don't know, inappropriate. So I don't know what the story is going to be like. I just know it's going to be awful and no one's going to watch. But yeah, this is a uh, this is a brief supercut of a few things that she said. But this is before she groveled because Correct. people Correct. ripped her online and she, you know, she was getting uh, harassed online and she obviously did the tearful thing about how life is hell for this poor little actress. But let's watch her do her best to uh, undermine the whole production uh, before it even comes out. Go ahead. The original cartoon came out in 1937, and very evidently so. <laughs> um, there is a big focus on her love story. Um, with a guy who literally stalks her. Yeah. <laughs> weird. Weird. Super weird. So we didn't do that this time. Cast a guy in the movie, right. Andrew Burnap, great dude. All of Andrew's scenes could get cut. Who knows? It's Hollywood, baby. If I'm going to stand there 18 hours in a dress of an iconic Disney princess, I deserve to be paid for every hour that it is streamed online. I was scared of the original cartoon. I think I watched it once and then I never picked it up again. Like, <laughs> I'm being so serious. I watched it once and then I went on the ride in Disney World, which was called Snow White Scary Adventures. Doesn't sound like something a little kid would like. Was terrified of it. Never revisited Snow White again. So I watched it for the first time in probably 16, 17 years when I was doing this film. It's no longer 1937, and we absolutely wrote a Snow White that she's is- not gonna be yeah, saved by the prince. She's not gonna be saved by the prince, and Yo she's not gonna be dreaming Ugh. about true love. She's dreaming about becoming the leader she knows she can be, and the leader that her late father told her that she could be if she was fearless, fair, brave, and true. The reality is that the cartoon was made 85 years ago. It's extremely dated when it comes to the ideas of women being in roles of power and what a woman is fit 
for in the world. And so when we came to reimagining the actual role, Snow White has to learn a lot of lessons about coming into her own power before she can come into power over oh, a kingdom. Gosh, which is gosh, not gosh. So she, does she not have an agent? Does she not have an advisor? She's so obnoxious. So don't do Snow White. She doesn't like it. She doesn't believe in it. She says, we're not going to do it like that. The whole point of Snow White is she gets saved by the prince and his kiss. You have to imagine that every agent in the world does not expect the star of the movie to go out. This story friggin' sucks. No one should ever think it's <laughs> well, real or I, believe it. Worse than that, I hated that. I hated Snow White. So we're going to do it different. In other words, we're not going to do Snow White. So gonna I'm going to be the voice on it and I'm going to be able to talk about it because I hate it so much. And she's so unaware. Like, no self-awareness. People want to see Snow White because they like Snow White. They like Disney fairy tales. They like her love, the way with the love story, but she says not a love story. It's like how she finds her whatever identity and her lead becomes a leader, leader of what dwarfs who aren't dwarfs. Anyway, she got, as you'd expect, just pummeled online on, on cable new, wherever, all over the place. People killed her for just being so just obnoxious and, uh, <laughs> everybody's just expecting this to be, even if she didn't come out and talk this to be a disaster, you know, a remake of Snow White that doesn't include, you know, uh, the, the prince stalking her or saving her, which is kind of an important part of the movie. Uh, but anyway, it's a cartoon. It's a fairy tale, you weirdo. Let's listen to her uh, on the brink of tears after she just got uh, destroyed by people online. Go ahead. Yo is going to get taken out of context and I know that at this point I can't really stop people from doing that because that's what my whole existence on the internet is is just me being taken out of context and stuff uh which is fine that's what I signed up for isn't it um but I never wanted to come off as me being ungrateful for the opportunities I have when I say that this has been the biggest adjustment of my life like understanding the way my life operates now being who I am and the things that I've been so fortunate to make it comes with so much ground so much ground that I never thought I would be able to cover and that people think I'm doing poorly and other people think I'm doing gracefully and I don't think I'm doing it at all. <laughs> so when I tell you that it's hard, Watch I me. just mean to be inside my brain. <laughs> That's oh, hard. Oh, geez, and I'm there 24 seven. She still goes. <laughs> <laughs> to be inside my brain. I know what they should do. Remake Snow White where he doesn't kiss her and just lets her die. That'd be good. It'd be, be close to the original story. The, the prince just says, I don't want to wake up that obnoxious broad. Yeah. The hell with that. Yeah. And he and the dwarfs just go on their merry way. <laughs> they, they watch the game together. <laughs> My daughter loved Snow White as a kid, watching it a thousand times. And, you know, she's an adult now, but she would love to see a real life make. And she wouldn't remake. She wouldn't sit there and go, oh, that's sexist or that's uh, date rape. <laughs> People have lost their minds, and this obnoxious woman is just going to be a laughingstock when this comes out because it is going to bomb. It is going to be a historic bomb. I'll just predict right now that it will not make as much at the box office as Sound of Freedom, which is a great movie, and you should go see it if you haven't already. Anyway, we will leave it there for today. With uh, And you know what? I'm going to do Worst Person in the World every day. I don't know if Keith Oldman still does it, but I'm going to steal it. But that will do it for today. Thanks to everyone for listening. Ironhead's uh, off to uh, off to vacation, off to the beach. Put I on am. your sunscreen. Maybe uh, you know, take some walks. 
Ride a bike. I'm going to do, uh, I'm not going to ride a bike, but I'm going to be going on mini walks and golfing and fun stuff. You should do a Joe Biden vacation where you go on these like one mile bike rides and then pass out on the beach, uh, you know, like, like I'm in the gonna, sun. I'm going to make my Fly. wife, I'm going to make my wife carry my beach chair for me. Yeah. Someone's got it. But yeah. anyway, have a good time. We will so. see you soon enough. Montante will be here tomorrow. That should be interesting. <laughs> God. I'm going to be bothered. I'm going to call you on vacation if he can't handle this job. If he, if he struggles, I'm going to call you and blame you. So you better be ready. All right. <laughs> uh, have a good time, Ironhead. Thanks to everyone for listening. I'm Jerry Callahan. This is the Callahan Show, and we will do it again tomorrow. God save the queen, man. Shaking my head and thinking something ain't right. Is it just me? Am I losing my mind? Am I standing on the edge of the end of time? Am I the only one? Tell me I'm not. Like the show? Leave a five-star review on Apple and Spotify. Hi, it's Tony Marino, host of the Newsmax Daily Podcast, your daily news bulletin of Newsmax's top headlines, along with commentary from our hosts and experts. You can learn more about all of the free podcasts, including Newsmax Daily, Rob Carson, and Jerry Callahan at Newsmax.com slash listen.